Hello and welcome to the first episode of Academy H. My name is Will and I'll be your storyteller this evening. Academy H is our brand new masks campaign, and just like everything we do here at Live from the Apocalypse, it benefits a nonprofit or aid organization, in this case, Planned Parenthood. We pick beneficiaries and then set a goal of $2,000. Once we hit that goal, we vote to pick the next one, and so on. We are very close to meeting our Planned Parenthood goal, so that may be subject to change in the near future. We also record the show live on Twitch every other Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, which is where the majority of our fundraising happens. You can find our schedule, socials, and Discord link at lfta.card.co. We're on our Twitch at twitch.tv slash live from the apocalypse. Feel free to join us. We'd love to have you. A little disclaimer before we get into it. This is the first time we've turned one of our live shows into a fully edited podcast, and there were some hurdles, shall we say. Some of the audio is a little rough. Parts might be a little choppy, but future episodes will be better and shorter as we continue to learn and improve. But with all of that being said, I don't want to hold you up any longer. So without further ado, please enjoy our giant size issue one of Academy H. Let's see. Is that all of it? We're live from the apocalypse. We're raising money for Planned Parenthood. Academy H is, uh, we, we, we are superheroes. We're going to play a superhero game. Masks is a powered by the apocalypse system. So it's, it's 2d6 based. Um, and, uh, it's a very, it's very rules light. It's very theater of the mind, very narrative heavy. Uh, and it's very interesting because, um, like so often in comic books, a lot of the mechanics are based more around, uh, drama and emotions and high stakes than punching. Uh, there will be punching, of course. There will be punching, but uh, that that is uh, hardly the focus. So, um, yeah. Without further ado, uh, let's let's meet our our players, and then a little bit later, you'll get to meet the characters that they are playing in this game. Uh, so first up, we're going to go in alphabetical order. Uh, Brendan. Oh, who are you? Um... Hello. Right. Uh, yes. Hello. Uh, yes. You literally told me you were going to do this. Um, so, yes, uh, I am Brendan. That is me and my name. Hello, everyone. How are you? We're all great up here. Um, I uh, am a uh, occasional player uh, here on Life of the Apocalypse as well. I do also run uh, one of the other games here on the channel, uh, the uh, Pokemon uh role play uh missing numbers that runs every other tuesday so definitely uh catch us uh this coming tuesday at 7 30 um beyond that um i do things uh i am, i am a professional game master uh uh you can email me about that at uh creative.catacombs at gmail.com and uh yeah, someone someone else please take this. Hi, I'm Jamie and I'm new. I I'm very good at the tabletop occasionally. And I am a stand-up comedian based out of the Pacific Northwest. 
I'm moderately funny. And I'm panicking a little because I, I for some reason, I thought I was third. Even though <laughs> JD comes after JA. Um, you can that is true. Google me, uh, Jamie Carbone Comedy. Some pop up. I'm very, I am very good. Um, I know ego <laughs> is the death of us all, but I'm fucking, I kill. I'm, I'm hilarious <laughs> if you like queer fat people. That I'm, Who doesn't? Yeah. Hey. All right. And that's, that's it for me. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, JD, you are next. Hey, everyone. Uh, so actually, Jamie, if Will had gone with my full first name, I think I would have been first and you would have been uh, off the hot seat before me. But I am JD. Um, I also play in Live from the Apocalypse's game Class Reunion every other Tuesday. Uh, so check that out if you are interested in seeing four high school friends who have been lost in a fantasy world reconnect 10 years later uh, to figure out why they're there to begin with. Um and I think that's about it for me. We're not going to go too far into my personal life, but uh, yeah, we'll just kind of stick with that. Um, and I'll pass the mic off to Julia. Hi, I'm Julia. I am the local Delaware cryptid. Um, I am a player. I was a player in the ending half of Nephilim. And I am also uh, one of the players in Class Reunion with JD. I play Kelly in that game. I don't do anything creative professionally, but I'm here, and that's what matters. <laughs> that is all that we really care about. So, thank you. That's our cast of characters. My name is Will. I run games here and organize stuff. I ran Nephilim. I run Class Reunion. I run this game. I organize some stuff. This game is, is interesting, though. This game is different because this is actually kind of a sequel. During the pandemic, at the very beginning of it, I started running a masks game with some of the other LFTA folks, Della, who ran Fury Brick Road and is currently on maternity leave, Andrew, who runs Veilbreakers and is one of the other organizers and GMs, Rouge, who plays in a bunch of games, um, Eden, who is a really active member of our Discord and might we might be able to get her into a game at some point one day, uh, and then uh, Alex, who is not really associated with LFTA in any way, shape, or form, but is still a great person and my best friend. We started running this game and we built a world. Uh, essentially, we played for over a year during the entirety of lockdown, once a week, which I haven't done since college. Uh, and we basically built this world, and at the end of it, it was a really satisfying end to the story, but we were all, well, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I was kind of like, I am not done with this yet. Like, this lives in my head constantly, all the time, and I'm not done with it. So Academy Age is kind of the fruition of that. There's a lot of history that we created in that first go-around, and none of that would exist without any of the other Life from the Apocalypse people, and while... That game in and of itself was not the impetus for Life from the Apocalypse by any means. Um, I think it's safe to say that without that game that we played, Masks, or the Urban Shadows game that we played during the pandemic, Life from the Apocalypse wouldn't exist. So, yeah. If so, if any of those people who were in Generation H the first time around, I see that Dell is here, other people might be here. This really wouldn't be possible without you. I just want to say thank you. I hope you enjoy it. All that being said, Let's get into Academy H. Let's get into our, our game, shall we? So these characters, we played a session zero, and 
we recorded it. We may do something with it at some point, but we really wanted to get a chance to sort of live in the world and play with the characters without having to like stress about people listening to it or watching us or anything like that. Uh, it's always fun to get your feet under you before you dive into something completely, which means that you'll meet these characters in a bit. They will be referencing some events that have already taken place, but I think it'll all become clear in time. As we begin our story in the city of Province. Province could be any city on the East Coast of the United States. It is a port city. It's large and sprawling. It's grown well beyond its boundaries when it was first incorporated. It's full of people. That's what gives it life. But all kinds of people. And those people go about their days in this world a little bit differently. In this world, there are heroes. It's not to say there aren't heroes in, in our world or other worlds. Of course there are, but these heroes exist more in a classical sense, almost mythological. Throughout province, there are monuments and tributes. There's evidence of the presence of these heroes, these Herculean superheroic figures everywhere. And in one dark room, Somewhere in the city of Province, there's a wall covered in newspaper clippings, lines tracing between them. We see a hand reach out and lay a few fingers lightly on one of these lines as it begins tracing them. It slides along the lines over to the first headline, the first newspaper clipping which reads Province Star at the top. And then February 17, 1979, the headline reads Paragon, the man from the future. He's here to help. There's a picture of a enormous man, over seven feet tall. Doesn't appear to be any hair anywhere visible on his body. He's wearing a very tight uniform of some kind. Primary color is black but there are gold trim and gold accents around the outside and an emblem of some kind on the middle of his chest, although his arm is bent in such a way that it's hard to see exactly what it looks like. But he's standing in the center of a crater in a street in Province, and he's talking to a much smaller figure, a young man with glasses on, button-down shirt that's a little wrinkled, who's holding a notepad and looking up at him with wonder on his face. The hand keeps moving, the fingers slide along the line to the next headline. February 17th, 1985. Meet the Union Heroic, Earth's Champions. There's a collection of people standing front and center in the photograph. That same man, the large man in the black suit, standing front and center in the middle. Just off to the right and slightly farther back, we see a large, sleek, mechanical suit of some kind. It's in newsprint, so the photo's black and white, but the, the machine looks very advanced. It stands about 10 feet tall, with just the very top of it being cut out of the photograph. There's a, a handsome-looking man. His hair's parted very neatly to one side. It's black, very thick, 
very lustrous. He has a stubble, very like artful stubble on his face, standing with one hand up on Paragon's shoulder, giving like a, a very posed thumbs up. The other side of Paragon and this giant man is a figure wearing what looks like a plague doctor's mask and a red cloak with a hood pulled up. The cloak billows around him, making it impossible to see what his body looks like or anything else, but it's just the hood and the mask sticking out. On the other side, there is a black woman wearing what looks like a very stylized and, and sort of tactical police officer's uniform. Sort of the, the blues that you would expect a police officer to wear. A domino mask across her face and a large badge shield emblem. More of a chest plate than an emblem, really, set over the front of that uniform. Alongside these figures, there's another very handsome-looking man, hair swept back. He's wearing a flight suit. And then just beyond these figures, a figure clad in all black stands there, removed back a little ways from the group. The body armor that he wears that covers him head to toe appears very tactical, very fitted, and is clearly meant to provide protection. There is also one other figure, roughly the same size of all the other regular people, not quite the size of the robot or the giant seven-foot-tall man. There's a person, you would assume, we would assume, who is simply covered in blue energy from head to toe. No visible features, no nothing, just a solid sheet of energy all around them. The fingers keep moving along the line to a headline where we see devastation, a city in ruins, a horrific creature is just out of focus in the center of the frame. It looks like it's leaping at whoever took this photograph. It's hard to make out any details, but you get a vague impression of a tail and claws and teeth, and that's about it. June 20th, 1988, Paragon perishes in Cambrian crisis. World mourns. Moves on to another image, March 11th, 2002, a world leader of some kind shakes hands with a being that looks almost human, but lacks any visible nose or ears, just a mouth and eyes. This photograph is in color. You can see the lavender shade of their skin. Their garb is strange. This headline reads, March 11th, 2002. Welcome to the Nesh, our friends from beyond the stars, followed by a photograph of a ship passing overhead of the city. The photograph was taken of somebody looking up at the ship as it obscures the sky, casts the city into shadows. April 12, 2003, Nesh exposed as conquerors declare martial law. Moving along the timeline, May 5th, 2003, teen heroes save province. Primus Fex defeated. There are five figures. It's hard to make out any details about them. This photograph was taken with a camera phone, you'd guess. But we see them standing close to the statue of Paragon that was mounted in Paragon Park near the center of the city. There are signs of battle all around them. Moving along, May 6th, 2003, the city, once again, is in ruin. Superimposed over the picture of the city's being in shambles is a picture of a man. It's clearly a campaign poster. He's young, very earnest looking. He has sandy blonde hair, a little bit longer than you might expect a politician to have. He has very plain features, but he has a very reassuring and winning smile, as so many politicians do. April 25th, 2005, this says, 
President Faraday exposed. Clones, crimes, and collusion. April 26, 2005, one day later, the headline just reads, God's Fault. There's a subtitle that reads, Generation H defeats Apollo, stops President Faraday once and for all. July 22, 2005, as the hand keeps moving along the timeline, strange stories skyrocket. Magic is back, says Nightfall. The figure of the hero that you're all very familiar with, Nightfall, a cloaked figure with a face hidden in darkness and armored sections of their costume visible just underneath the cloak with the hilt of a sword protruding over their shoulder. May 24th, 2010, we vaguely recognize this person in the photograph from that very first image, the much smaller man in the glasses and the wrinkled shirt who was talking to Paragon in the first photograph ever taken of him. May 24th, 2010, Paragon's pal Christopher Shaw wins Pulitzer for expose on underground powers for pay organization, the Lotus Group. The hand stops at one last point on the timeline. We see a man. He is in his mid-30s. He's wearing a tweed jacket over a button-down shirt. He has curly, dark hair, very strong, pronounced, sharp features, a very pronounced jawline, but an easy smile on his face, a reassurance about him. And he is shaking hands with a woman who looks familiar. She is much older than he is. She wears a very practical pantsuit. They're shaking hands in front of a statue of a man. And the headline reads, October 26th, 2018. School's in session. Fail safe and the shield found first school for superheroes. The hand hovers there for a second and then moves away from the wall. And we're left with only the sound of footsteps that fade away into nothing. It's the end of summer here in Provence, late August, and it's been, a, it's been a very, very hot one. People are just gearing up to get back to school. Parents are bracing themselves for having to begin dropping their kids off once again, but also looking forward to not having them around. Typical end of summer things. And in part of the city, there's a campus. It's very small. It's really just sort of a huddle of of five or so buildings together on one city block. But sort of the center point of it all and and standing out sharply from the rest of them, there is a large house. The architecture is very old. The house itself, while it's been well cared for, it looks like it hasn't been updated in a very long time. The architectural style would best be described as Gothic. But flanking that are taller and much more updated buildings. And what these buildings frame is sort of a small square, a quad, if you will. In the center of that, there's a fountain. And in the center of the fountain, there's a statue. It's the statue from the last headline, the photograph of the two people shaking hands in front of it. The man standing in the center of the fountain wears a tailored suit. His hair is parted neatly to one side. His hands are sort of relaxed in his pockets, and he's looking up away from the ground up to the sky. There's a plaque at the bottom of it that reads, Roger Brandt, a true hero. And in one of these buildings, in an office, with a 
a wall of books and a desk with a computer at it. There's a couch and a chair across from the couch. Seated in the chair is a woman in her mid-30s. She's blonde. Her hair is on the shorter side, just down to her shoulders. She's wearing a sort of a button-down shirt and designer jeans, a blazer over the shirt. She's seated in the chair, looking across from her towards the couch, where someone is currently stretched out. Jamie, would you like to describe Danny Carsey? I'll do my best. Danny is... Imagine every kind of tall, weird kid that you had in high school slammed into one. Tussled mop of hair that would fit in perfectly in the 80s. A face that inexplicably looks young and old at the same time with eyes that have seen Lord knows how many conflicts. A body covered in scars, but out of the little shame Danny has that's covered... Um, by a pretty consistent uniform of a painter's smock and uh, overalls, as well as white gloves so as to hide himself off from the world. Really the only place you can get an idea of what Danny looks like underneath it all is he wears flip-flops, and he likes flip-flops. He loves flip-flops. He loves flip-flops. Thong, not 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 slides. Never slides. Okay, but, but tell us about Danny, Jamie. Brendan, I will fight you. <laughs> In due time, the woman uh, across from you, Danny, she looks up, she's studying you for a second, and she says, okay, um, Danny, I'd like to start from the beginning, okay? Of today, or? No. I, I, I know. You, how about you just um, listen? We've been, we've been talking for a while. How about you just listen for a little while? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just recount events as I understand them, and then you can let me know they sound accurate or if i'm missing anything if you want to fill me in on anything that i i don't understand okay can i talk now no no not not yet my name danny is clara uh, I'm, I'm clara clara perkins i'm a counselor here at the brand academy i have a lot of experience working with people who have uh, abilities powers now what i've been told is that there was a conflict with an individual who goes by the moniker Crossroads, a demon who was attacking Nightfall downtown. You appeared out of nowhere and fought him with a few other people. Your friends? Maybe? Maybe. Okay, good. Afterwards, you weren't really able to tell anyone where you came from, or why you were here, or really what you wanted. Yes. Do you remember the answer to any of those questions? That is loaded as questions go. Um, Clara, Clara Perkins, I have some thoughts. I came from time, but also where I come from is not there. So I'm here now. Is that okay? Can I stay here? I, I don't think we could uh, do anything about it, uh, even if we... I mean, unless you want to... Yes. Danny, if you want to stay, you are, you are more than welcome to stay. I would like to for a while. I, I mean, I, would, I will stay. I would like to stay. Can I say that comfortably? Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Good, good. Okay. That's, that's, that's fine. Now, when you say you'd like to stay, do you mean here at the Academy? I, I know Nightfall brought you here to talk to me. If you don't have anywhere else to go, I don't actually know how old you are, but you, do you know? I don't either. So we are on the same okay, page. Okay, good, great. So this is a very different type of school. Have you been to school? I have watched the TV show Community. Okay, good, great, good. That's canon now. So this is a school for people who have abilities and powers and and inclinations to help people. I like to help. Okay, good. I have that inclination. Great, great. Okay, good. So then I think this could be a good fit for you. Now your friends. I would like them to be. Okay, great, great. Do you know them? I'm not comfortable labeling. I, yes, I knew of them and I saved them and that is why I came. And now they are alive. Okay. And that feels like, that feels good. Maybe we'll circle back to the implications of that at a, at some point, but not right now. Okay. All right. So just so I know, because I don't want you to do or say anything you're not comfortable with, you seem very comfortable exercising your boundaries, which I am very happy to see. Can you tell me, are there things you are not willing to talk about or do you not remember these things? Yes. Correct. Mm. Mm. Good. Okay. All right. Well, we are in very preliminary stages of reaching out to your friends. Yes. If they choose, from all accounts, the situation downtown with the demon is complicated. I made a deal with him by accident. Um, okay. I was going to touch on that. Nightfall was very worried about that. I would, I'll take it back if he is okay with that. I don't think that's how that works. I'm not an expert. There are experts who you can talk to, who, who understand this kind of thing a lot better. But another reason why I think Nightfall would like you to be here for a while is because we don't know what's going to happen with that. You made a deal. He did something for you. Yes. He opened a door. I didn't use the door. It's very tricky and, and complicated. It's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong, Danny. He tricked you. I would rather own up to my mistakes so I can grow as a human being. Well, we'll work on that. For the time being, we can get you a place to stay. Are you hungry? Would you like to get food together? I'm fine. I'm yet together. Are we friends? Uh, Yes, Danny. We are. You and I are friends now. I would love to try the San Francisco treat. Okay. What is that? I the commercials said it it was good. Oh. Um and it is from I assume San Francisco, a city I have not been to, but it sounds exotic. That's a very long way away, but we'll see what we can do, okay? I just have one more question for you, okay? Do you have a last name? Yes. I my car seat and I have decided our last name is car seat. Is that your car seat right there? Yeah, we well, okay, so you said this was a safe space, so I brought my car seat with me. Because my car seat saved my life. What does your car seat look like? It looks like a traditional car seat. It's maroon. It has... For children. Four kids, historically. I assume anyone can uncomfortably fit in there. But it is a pretty standard onesie car seat. One person car seat. Touche. All right. Okay, do you want to bring the car seat? 
I would like to keep my car seat in my room if my room will be safe. Uh, my car seat does not eat, so it does not need to come to food with us. <laughs> Great. Okay. Dumb question. Sorry. No, it's not a dumb question because you were curious and it's good to ask questions when you're curious. This is going to be a, a very interesting place for you, Danny. Claire, I am so excited we are friends now. Cutting away from Clara and Danny becoming friends, a ways off from this campus and that office, the conversation that is just taking place, there's a, a neighborhood sort of on the outskirts of province in the suburbs. Like in most cities, there are different types of suburbs in province. There are very high-end, expensive suburbs, and there are more working-class suburbs. In one of those more working-class neighborhoods known as Willow Hills, there is a house with somebody just running up to the door in a hurry. We can sort of see a gym bag thrown over one shoulder. Maybe she's not completely changed out of the gymnastics uniform that she's wearing, just kind of maybe threw some shorts on over it. And there's a bus pulling away and she's uh, she's running from that bus up to the front door of the house. Julia, would you like to describe Lyra? Sure, Lyra is, you know, at let up with she's a gymnast so she is on the smaller more muscular side she's got thick brown hair which is right now thrown up in the worst high ponytail in the world bumps everywhere and she is a little frazzled she's just gotten done i presume working with small children trying to teach them how to do cartwheels and somersaults and trying to do that while there's like seven of them and no other adult, with only one of them learned how to do a cartwheel today. So she is disheveled. She's got hazelish eyes, and she's trying to get back into her house because she is in desperate need of a shower and some time without people yelling around her. You get your keys out, and you get them into the door, which opens. It's usually loud in your house. You have a very large family, or I guess it's not honestly that large, but they're very robust. They're very animated people. And you're trying to kind of get to your shower as quickly as you can, try not to draw too much attention to yourself, but you close the door super quietly behind yourself, like as quietly as you possibly can. And despite your best efforts, you still hear your mom calling to you from the kitchen uh, of the house, where uh, if you had to judge by the smells, it sounds like she's probably in the process of making dinner. She calls out to you and does your mom from Poland, or is it just your dad? Uh, no, her, her father's Polish. Her mother is Greek. Okay, cool. So your mom calls, she says, Lyra, is that you? Maybe. I'll go into the kitchen anyway. She's like standing there with like a spoon. She's stirring something in a pot and she kind of like points the spoon at you and she says, I don't need you talking back to me. I get enough of that from your brothers. I know. I'm sorry. I just, Terrence tried to rip out Maria's pigtails again in class. That Terrence was such a sweet child. What happened? It's never really that sweet, Mom. Okay. <laughs> there is uh, something very exciting for you upstairs. I upstairs where? I didn't open it. It's on your bed. I was very tempted. I practiced self control. I did not open it. What do you mean? It like is it a package? Is it mail? What is it? It is. It came in the mail for you. Yes. Go go go. Look at it. You've you've been talking so much, uh, or rather not talking about what you're doing next year. I think this may be the answer to your questions. I told you I'm going to enroll 
found community college in the journal. You know what? It's fine. I, I did, I did tell you. You just didn't listen. Oh yes, okay. yes, the community mm-hmm. college, of course. Yes, no, that is not, that is not a place for a smart young girl like you. That is for people who do not know what they want to do. There's nothing wrong with it, and to God, but it's not for you. Go look upstairs. Yes, Mama. Upstairs. In your room, there is in fact a packet on your bed. It did arrive in the mail. It's in one of those manila envelopes that's stuffed pretty thick. And it is like monogrammed across the top. There's a return address, and you can see that it is branded with the logo of Powers University, which you would be very familiar with, although this is probably not something you expected to see in your room in any way, shape, or form. Dr. Will Powers is a very prominent figure in this setting. He was a super scientist, one of the smartest men in the world. He was an explorer and an adventurer. He and his friends who sort of operated under the umbrella moniker of Powers Inc., Powers Incorporated, which is also the name of the company that he started, dealt with a lot of strange and unexplained phenomenon. They were heroes, but they were much more outside of like the public eye and attention. And one of the things that he did after he became very wealthy and founded his company, Powers Incorporated, which does a lot of bleeding edge technology stuff even to this day, even though he unfortunately passed away from an aneurysm about 10 years ago. One of the things that he did was he founded a university that is entirely merit-based. You have to be invited, but there are no tuition costs. The expectation is just that you make the world a better place, and more often than not, people who do leave that university end up working at Powers, Inc. So, you didn't apply for this. It's just here. (laughs) I'm gonna pick it up like it's radioactive, and I'm gonna just say a little prayer out loud, just be like, please let this be a prank from Marcus. Please just let this be Marcus. Or Eric, either one, just please don't let this be real. And I will open the envelope. You open it, and your worst fears are confirmed. You unfold the letter part. There's a lot of material in there. You unfold the letter part of it. It looks very official, uh, similarly monogrammed, and it starts off, it says, Dear Miss Krull, we are pleased to offer you enrollment at Powers University for the fall. And it goes on. It does a lot of the typical acceptance letter stuff. It makes a lot of vague promises and brags a little bit about the university itself. Although in this case, that's generally more than warranted. But it also goes on to say that your research into thermoconducting glass was of particular note to our faculty member, Dr. Harriet Stacy. You would be working under her. You would be a part of her lab during your time there at Powers University. And it would also mention that it was your your science teacher from your high school who had sent that project along. Basically went on and on about how brilliant it was and how it was unlike anything they had ever seen. So, uh, my entire plans are ruined because I had no intention of joining a rigorous, merit-based program that's going to consume a metric shit ton of my free time. No, you sure didn't. I was planning on doing other things with that metric shit ton of free time, like learning how to be better at my whole powers thing. So this is less than ideal. I mean, you know, 
it's not like you can't defer your acceptance. You you could just say no, thank you. I sure could try. Your mom actually would uh would sort of like be calling up from the stairs and she's like, did you did you open it yet? What does it say? Yes, mom. I opened it. Well. They want me to do a science program. She makes a, an exclamation. She's very excited. You hear the back door open. You hear your mom yell to your father, and and she says, "Get get." They're having a conversation, and she's like, "Guess what?" And he's like, "What? What? What? What is happening?" And she she you know starts telling him that you got into Powers University, that you were accepted. He starts yelling. You can hear all this commotion downstairs. You hear your brother's door open from down the hall, and they walk past your room and and go downstairs and try to figure out what's going on, and and then. You hear exclamations of disbelief, and your house just gets louder and louder as they're more and more excited about your future and this amazing opportunity. I'm just gonna just pick up a pillow, just kind of bunch, fold it in half, and just like scream directly into it. This is perfect. It's fucking perfect. Um, this wasn't part of your plan. No, 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 no. I'm trying to think of how I can get out of this plan, this new plan. I don't think it's gonna work. I'm going to try to lean very heavily on the fact that my grandmother wanted me to go to the Olympics one day, but I don't know if that'll help me. There is a personal note um, included in the packet as well from Dr. Stacy, signed in her, in her hand, but it basically says that she would like to meet with you. The date that's listed is actually tomorrow. Oh, cool. Sweet. Fun. Fabulous. The vibe you get is very much that your acceptance is a foregone conclusion. Probably unsurprisingly. All right. I gather up all the paperwork, put it back into the envelope, take a couple deep breaths, put on my best attempt at surprised, cheerful Shaw, and go downstairs to deal with the rest of my family. Because I'm sure at this point, my grandparents are being woken up from their afternoon nap. Somebody's going to call one of my uncles. It's going to be over for me. Someone has literally already shown up at the door with a casserole dish. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're already talking about they're going to have people over. There's going to be, they're going to grill lamb. It's going to be a big deal. Like, my mom saw the envelope and was already in the group chat. Like, I haven't opened it, but. Got that to look forward to. I'm going to text my boss and tell him I have to take tomorrow off. Yep. Exactly. You get a text back that says, Are you sure? I mean, you can't get out of it. Listen, that Terrence really just gets gets under my skin i don't i can't do this <laughs> not again <laughs> don't leave me alone with him nobody likes terrence that's why i'm the only one who takes those shifts anyway i have to it's for college i just fine and then i'm just gonna throw in just a real quick unless you want to tell my mom i can't go to my meeting <laughs> you get a reply back it's like no that's fine there's no punctuation some of the words are like stuck together very hastily typed out as we get to the uh, two remaining members of our group here, I would be remiss if I didn't point out there are a couple of emojis in play on the board right now. In masks, damage is tracked through conditions, emotional conditions. And during session zero, some of those were accumulated. They don't go away by themselves. There are only a couple of ways to get through them. You can basically, you can act out that emotion. And that sort of relieves the pressure and you can clear it at that point. So for example, if you're angry, then if you lash out or insult somebody or just straight up, you know, try to hurt somebody, uh, that clears that condition for you. Obviously that comes with its own slew of consequences, but yeah, emotional damage. So as you can see here, 
Casimir Spectral is currently angry and afraid, and Victory is currently insecure. So those will be appearing on the screen uh, as people get those conditions through various means. But in another part of the city of Providence, away from Willow Hills, the neighborhood of Corinth, which is kind of like a like a hip arts district, used to be factory housing and low-income housing. Nowadays, it's fairly gentrified, and it is the location of a live music venue made out of uh, the headquarters of an old Masonic organization, the King's Temple League. There's a tarnished metal sign over the door that still bears those words, although it's faint. And it is from those initials, KTL, that the club known as the Kettle takes its moniker. The walls are painted black. There are band stickers all over them. There's a bar with a almost only rail selection of liquor. A lot of cheap beers, a lot of PBRs. Let's be honest with ourselves here. And a couple days after your altercation with a literal demon, your brunch partner, Reese, the owner of the Kettle, you have not seen or heard from him. Don't love that. No. I assume you're still kind of staying here in the back room on the couch. Yeah, I think that stands to reason that that's where Kaz is staying. Is it for lack of anywhere else to go or out of concern? I'd say a little bit of both, uh, more on the edge of concern. Because he could always crash at someone else's place. And of course, he always has the choice to go home. So I would say it's more out of concern, but there is some embedded within, like, this is kind of where he's been staying. It's the afternoon. The kettle is technically open, which means that your friend Murphy, who is one of the bartenders, is currently working behind the bar, quote unquote. It's not exactly packed at this time of day. Maybe there's the occasional person who comes in and has a beer, but things won't actually get underway until the bill for the night starts playing. So in the back room where you have been basically crashing, couch surfing for a while now, you're sort of sitting there alone. And then suddenly you're not alone anymore. You've done this so many times. You're almost not even surprised when Jonathan starts speaking from the armchair next to the couch that you've kind of just been sacking out on. Jonathan is, well, actually, never mind. We should describe Casimir first, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, we can do that. Um, so Casimir is a 19-year-old trans man. He's about 5'10 and lanky. His hair is dyed a pastel rainbow color. And it's kind of amazing that the dye looks as good as it does because you can't see the roots at all. And the roots never seem to come back. So it seems kind of supernaturally colored that way. He's probably just wearing a t-shirt. His jean jacket is on the couch beside him. That jacket is covered with different patches and pins, mostly saying things like, be gay, do crime, trans rights or I bites, that type of thing. And also embedded within all of that are small pieces of bone, as is his body jewelry. He's got a ton of metal in his ears. He's got his eyebrow pierced. He's got his tongue pierced. There is no bone in the tongue piercing for the record. And he's also got several tattoos. Right now you can see that on his forearms, he has a tarot card on each. He also, for anyone familiar with Bioshock, has the chain tattoos on his wrists. And there is a phoenix that curls up along the side of his neck. He's usually someone who is 
pretty sunny and optimistic. And it is a little surprising for anyone who knows him that he seems very much to have a dark cloud hanging over him that has been with him since the events on that day of the brunch. Jonathan, as a contrast to Casimir, is a very sort of salt-of-the-earth-looking man, very classically handsome, kind of the build of an athlete wearing like one of those three-quarters baseball-style t-shirts. It's like white on the body and then black on the sleeves, jeans, regular white sneakers of some kind of athletic company, dark hair that sort of has that perpetually wet look to it. And he's just kind of sitting there, leaned forward, elbows resting on his knees, face half-covered by hands stuck together. And he sits up sharply suddenly and says, look, I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's fine. I mean, this isn't like him. It, I mean, is it not? Like he, yeah, I'm sure he didn't buy a punk club or whatever because he craved responsibility and a regular schedule. I mean, I, I guess not. He was probably just freaked out. I mean, there's a fucking demon attack. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I guess no one is as worried as I am, but even Murphy said it was weird. And like, Murphy would know. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he, they... I don't know. There was that whole thing that happened before with like, I don't know, that, that like weird government looking guy. I mean, he said what? Reese said he was a, a superhero at some point, right? So you probably knew him from, from that. I don't know. Maybe he was like, maybe he got in trouble. Maybe that's why he doesn't do it anymore. I mean, maybe it just, I don't know. It, it seems weird. It, you could be right. Maybe this is just something that Reese does, but I don't know. I, something about it doesn't sit right with me that all of that happened and he's, he's just ghosted. <sighs> uh, look, if you wanted to find him, you could do it, right? Yeah, I, even if you can't do that type of magic or whatever, you know people who can. There's apothecary. They're weird like you. Thanks. You, you can tell me you're not. You, the bones and everything. They're just bones. They're ethically sourced bones. It's fine. Listen, I'm dead and I think it's weird. Well, I mean, you. Okay, fine. Maybe it is. It may be extra weird because I'm dead. I don't know. At that moment, your phone rings, it chimes with a little text message notification. I imagine you're you're sort of eagerly checking it. You Oh yeah, definitely. I'm like maybe it's Reese or somebody telling me that they've heard from Reese. And you flip it over and it just says dad. And the message reads need money question mark. Has just kind of looks at it, sighs, shakes his head and then just texts back, nope, I'm good in all lowercase, no punctuation. You get a, a thumbs up emoji in reply. And Kaz just kind of looks at Jonathan and is like yeah, no, nothing, nothing about Reese. Just dad checking in. I don't get it. You don't have to do this. You don't have to go from like couch to couch. It's not like you, it's not like you don't have money or options. I mean, I know. I just, I don't know. The whole point of this was that I got out from under my dad's thumb and if he's, you know, bankrolling where I'm staying, that's not exactly doing that. So I just, I want to see what it's like to be out on my own without him factoring in. I mean, I guess there's no real way to know 
where that money came from. Exactly. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah, that's a whole nother can of worms, Jonathan. I mean, yeah, yikes. You are startled out of this conversation. You didn't hear anybody come into the room, but you hear now you're interrupted by somebody saying, who's Jonathan? You look up and standing by the door to the back room is a bald man that you recognize because you met him at brunch just a few days ago. He introduced himself as Arthur Stricker. If you didn't know better, you would assume that he is wearing the same thing he was wearing two days ago. Black suit, white shirt, very government vibes, like you said. But he is tall and also lanky, though taller than you. He's clean shaven. He's very sharp cheekbones. And Kaz definitely startles because unlike Jonathan, he's not expecting this and is like, Jesus Christ, where did you come from? Oh, I um, let myself in. I'm, I'm looking for Reese. Is he here? Not that I've seen. Did he step out? I saw the two of you at brunch the other day when we met. It was Casimir? Yeah, that, that would be my name. Did you part ways after that? You know, it was a pretty chaotic scene. It seems we got separated. I heard there was certainly a lot of talk about the events that followed right right after I left. Sorry that that happened. It must have been uh, alarming. That's one way of putting it, but I certainly don't see why you would need to apologize for it. Nature of the world we live in, I suppose. Just a fact of life these days. So you came by to find Reese? Yes. We had been planning to catch up, you may recall. But he hasn't been answering any of my calls or texts. Could be he doesn't want to talk to you. I suppose that's possible. It would be unusual. There's a lot of history there. That's a unusual name, Casimir. Thank you. I chose it myself. Does Reese know your real name? I mean, I don't really give out my real name. There's really no need to be deadnaming myself. I don't know why I would want to do that. Oh, my apologies. I, I meant your family name. I suppose put more delicately, does Reese know who your father is? Who he is sheltering? I haven't really seen why that's relevant. Interesting. You don't think it's possible that a man like your father might seek to hurt people who he sees as obstacles to a relationship with his son? You don't think it's possible that a man like your father might take it out on whoever happens to be harboring his son? I don't see why my father would care. He knows where I am. He hasn't asked me to come home. So I don't see why he would take it out on whoever I was staying with. And you can definitely, like, it's clear that Casimir's not sure he actually believes any of that. I imagine you've only seen one side of your father. I imagine he cares for you a great deal and provides for you. I'm not sure I'd go that far, but... But to everyone else in this city, your father is evil. Perhaps not in the traditional sense, I understand that he appreciates professionalism. He's not a madman, in my estimation, but he is the most dangerous 
type of man. And do you know what type of man that is? Enlighten me. A man who has lost everything. He hasn't lost everything. He still has me. Yet here you are. Perhaps you should do us all a favor. Go back to him. Keep him happy. I think we both know what happens when he's unhappy. And I don't think you'd want anyone to get hurt. I think you're just trying to scare me. And I don't know why. And I don't even know how you know who I am. Well, if you're scared, then you know how the rest of us feel. If you ever decide you need to do something about him, you can give me a call. And he'll uh, pull out a card and set it down on the coffee table. Are you legitimately asking me if I might ever call you if I decide that I want, what, to have you take my dad out? Is that seriously what you're leaving me with? An offer to kill my dad? Because that's probably the most fucked up thing in this entire conversation, and that says a lot. I'm giving you options. What you decide to do with them is entirely up to you. The probability that Fuck your options. Ah. Well, I I suppose we're done here, then. If you see Reese, you let him know that I was looking for him. Nope. Hmm. Very well. We'll turn around and, and leave out the door that he came in. Once again, making no noise. Uh, do you take his card? Yes, Kaz takes and keeps the card. I mean, he shoves it into the very bottom of his backpack, but... He takes the card. It says Arthur Stricker, and then underneath that, Extraordinary Investigations Bureau, and then under that, in italics, Director, and then a phone number and an email address. Yeah, Kaz just kind of looks at it for a few seconds, then stores it away. Is Jonathan still here? Yes, but as is your typical process, uh, he was quiet for the most part while you were having this conversation. Do you believe that shit? I mean, what the fuck was that? Look, I mean, that guy was a dick, but he's, I mean, we've both seen your dad when he's fired up about something. Yeah, but the things he was suggesting, like, I mean, my dad wouldn't have done anything to Reese just for letting me stay here, would he? I don't know, dude. I'm not a supervillain. I can't tell you how he thinks. Fuck. We leave that behind. We leave the kettle behind and Corinth behind and uh, find ourselves in another neighborhood in Provence outside of a brownstone, right outside of a strip of, of the city that's currently being worked on by road crews to repair, looks like some of some damage that was done to the sidewalk. Uh, hard to say exactly what happened there, but they're hard at work fixing it. But outside of this brownstone, there's a person approaching the house. Would you, Brendan, introduce us to Victory? So, quick question, how much time has passed between now and the end of last session? About two days. Um, not a whole lot happened. You were questioned by Nightfall. Mostly, she was focused on Danny's behavior, as sort of vague <laughs> and concerning as he was. So, the rest of you kind of got a, like, hey, good job. Also, we should talk about some opportunities. But right now, I have to deal with this person. So, it's been a couple days since then, basically. Alex Sandowski is walking down the street with a large gym bag. He is a very large and well-muscled uh, young man. 
though you almost wouldn't know what to look at him just because he's wearing kind of baggy ripped jeans and a very oversized hoodie. He's wearing like a triple XL hoodie that hangs off even his frame kind of awkwardly. And as he's walking up to this brownstone, he's actually kind of, kind of almost hunched over a little bit. He's got the hood up, almost kind of looking this way and that, kind of hoping not to be recognized. You look down at your phone as it vibrates because you have a text from... What would Dr. McManus be in your phone as? Is it just Dr. M, Dr. McManus? Yeah, he'd probably be in in Alex's phone as Dr. M. It just says, are you almost here? Send back a lowercase, almost here. Also follow up with, buzz me in. So you get up to the front door of the brownstone. You wait for a little while. You are not buzzed in. I mash that intercom button a few times. It crackles to life. A man's voice says, who is it? Dr. M, it's, it's Alex. I'm here. Buzz me in, man. Oh, all right. I'll, I'll come let you in. No, you can just buzz me in. You receive no reply from the intercom. Uh, about a minute to a minute and a half later, as you're just kind of standing there, there's like a neighbor who's doing some yard work out front who uh, just kind of is watching you, but not really watching you. You don't get the impression that it's in a way where they like think you're doing something. It's more like, why would anybody be visiting that house? You know, I think we established that it is the only brownstone in the lane whose yard is absolutely overgrown. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Which I imagine you probably offered to do something about. And he was like, no, 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 it's fine. There are more important things. I don't think he understood the question. Probably not. So after about a minute and a half, you hear locks clicking on the other side of the door As is the ritual, it opens a crack just to the width of the chain that is still attached, where you see him peering out at you. And when he sees it's you, he shuts it again, undoes the chain, and then opens the door and ushers you into his very, very crowded house. I think Alex is kind of half in another world as he is trying to squeeze in the door and in the process knocks over one of the large stacks of papers. There's an outcry from Dr. M. Oh, come on. Alex. Oh, man. I'm sorry, Dr. M. No, like I'll I'll get it. I'll get it. Just No. No, no, no. You're going to you'll you'll put them you'll put them back in the ra- in the wrong order. Just just leave them. Just, I'll, <sighs> I'll take care of it. It's very, they're in a very specific order. If they, if it's messed up, then I'll never be able to find what I'm looking for again. So just, just leave it. All right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dr. M. It's fine. It's not the first time. I'm sure it won't be the last time. I will leave him to reorganize his papers and make my way to the kitchen. Has he replaced the drawing that I erased with anything at this point? I think he has. It is not... It basically has nothing to do with you, as far as you can tell. But again, like so much of his stuff, it is mostly gibberish. But there is a like a white jar with black text labeling around it that just says cumin. And there's like a sticky note on the top with your name written on it. And uh, yeah, while waiting on the dock, Alex will go and he will make himself a tonic of cumin and do his best to slam that shit. (laughs) Do you have to uh, consult the manual? Yeah, Alex is going to fish into his gym bag and get out a an old, faded, dog-eared copy of a book that says Dr. Victory's Guide to New Physical Culture. And we'll flip through to a spot that he has bookmarked for this particular day of this week of this year and look at the requirements. 
Two? Are you serious? And from the hall, you hear uh, Dr. M yell out, Yet two. You need two. Not three. Three will kill you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's measuring this in milliliters. Do you, I don't know, should I use a kitchen glass? Do you have any, like, clean beakers I can use? What? What, what do they teach you in school? You don't know milliliters? Gosh, check the dishwasher. I will fish some, some graduated cylinders out of the dishwasher. The dishwasher is entirely full of chemistry equipment. Yeah. And as you are finishing up those shots, disgusting as they are, Dr. M wanders back in, presumably having completed his organization of the papers once more. Did you do two? I... Yes, I, and, and he gestures to two filthy graduated cylinders currently residing in the sink. Good, good. I'll take, I'll take care of those later. He sees the book sitting out, and he sort of shakes his head and says, you're, you're still checking the book every time? Yeah, uh, every time. How long has it been? I mean, it's been, I mean, it has to be coming up on a year since I started. Well, fair enough, I suppose. A, a year in, I was doing it all from memory, but... Uh, you know, I, you know, I'm sorry, Dr. M, but you know, I didn't invent this stuff. You had that benefit. I have to actually learn it. It's all right. Don't expect much. Are you ready for our errand? Uh, errand? Uh, yeah, sure. No, I didn't realize we were, I didn't realize, no, you mean like errand, like out? I didn't realize you, you went places. I go places. I went somewhere just last month. Are, well, yeah, um, no, that, that's, and that, that, that's great. Um, where are okay, we, so I'm assuming you and me, we are going. Yes. I want you to accompany me. Um, sure. Where, where are we going? You'll see. He goes for the back door, which, uh, I don't think you've ever been in the backyard of his house before. You weren't even sure that you could open that door or if there was just junk piled on the other side of it. But he goes for it and he opens it and you see that actually it's just the glass is super dirty. It's just a regular backyard. It's not big because he lives in a city, but it is overgrown as you would expect it to be. But there is a clear path to the back fence. And as he opens that door, there is a classic car on the other side. It is not in pristine condition. It was red at one point. That has faded and there is rust on it, but he doesn't hesitate to get into the driver's seat. And wait for you to get in the passenger seat. Oh, man. I, yeah, yeah, he'll hop in. I kind of look around and I'm like, wow, is this like the old Victory Mobile? Do any of these buttons do anything? Don't touch anything. He pushes the cigarette lighter. That's a cigarette lighter. Also, I said don't touch anything. Uh, you smoke? Everybody smoked. There was a time where everybody smoked. I took it out of the manual it was in there for a while there was a as an early investigation was the three packs a day was the source of of my victory strength trials proved inconclusive also the cancer he reverses out of the parking pad and down the alley out behind his house and onto the main street uh, and he starts driving across the city of province and as he does he says alex I wanted to use this as an opportunity for us to talk. What is your plan for the future? Well, I mean, um, I guess uh, I thought I would just kind of, you know, just keep on doing what I'm doing now. Just keep on being victory. 
I mean, I guess I could, I guess I could go to school, I guess. I mean, I don't, PhDs kind of intimidating. Like, I mean, not that, not that I don't want to be Dr. Victory, you know, I want to do right by the name. I just never, I've really been like a school kind of guy, you know? Yes. Inertia, the mark of a great man. Well, I suppose you could always be Mr. Victory. Doesn't have quite the same ring to it. Hey, I mean, I could maybe get a, get like, you know, an associate's or something, be associate victory. Ah. Uh, hmm. That was the joke, Dr. Rao. I was joking. It hurt. Being Dr. Victory is more than a degree, more than schooling, although that is important and you won't be using the name until you have one. But there are many other factors that go into it. There's an inherent understanding of right and wrong. You have to culture your instincts, things that will come to you with time. But in this line of work, son, you only have so many opportunities for failure that you can learn from. If you fail, people get hurt. I feel like I've been getting a lot of learning experiences lately. What are you you referring to? I guess just I don't know. You probably saw about the the whole crossroads guy on the news. I did. I was there. Uh, you know, hey, and you know, um, it, we, well, I guess we, we didn't get him. Uh, we beat him, I, I think. Um, but uh, I, I guess I just didn't feel, I didn't feel very victorious at the end. Well, you did spend most of it on the ground. They showed that on TV, did they? Yes, it was uh, embarrassing and upsetting. You're telling me. Maybe do less of that in the future. We've discussed the high ground and the importance. Uh, <laughs> I I guess, I, you know, and I've been working on, like, the telekinesis stuff so I can, like, you know, float and fly and stuff, but I just haven't really got that as no. much as, you know, like the, the punching, the punching parts. No, no, that's, that's advanced. You're nowhere near telekinesis. Yeah. Don't even try. We have a long, a long way to go. Alex, sometimes I think I may be a smidge harsh, the, the tiniest bit too harsh with you. I see potential in you. I mean, you know, you, you know, it's a big responsibility. I want to live up to that responsibility. I just don't, I don't know, lately... Lately, I'm wondering, I don't know, if you were right. Maybe I'm not the person this should have worked for. I'll tell you a secret, Alex. I've made mistakes. Not many, but it has happened. Nobody is perfect, not even Dr. Victory. And existing in a world where you're the only one who remembers who that even is, eats away at you. What you have is an opportunity to be a better Dr. Victory, to learn from those one or two mistakes and avoid them. You've got the benefit of knowledge on your side, knowledge that that nobody else other than you and I possesses anymore. If I'm hard on you, that's why, because this is my legacy, and at the same time, you're the first member of the Victory family. So, uh, so where, are we, where are we going today, Doc? He pulls the car into a parking spot, right around the time that you say that, and he says, right here. And you get out, 
and you are standing outside of a building that is has its own parking lot. It is not a uh, a residence or, or anything like that. There is a sign over the door that says the Paragon Museum. Oh, man. I don't think I've been here since I was a kid. I thought we might take a look around. I come here sometimes on my own to remember. He walks in. The Paragon Museum is free admittance. It is not a particularly large museum. There's not a tremendous amount of information. Paragon really only showed up in 79, but there is enough easily to walk around and, and look at various things. He pauses in front of a picture, a newspaper clipping on a wall, some kind of timeline with lines running through it and connecting various newspaper clippings and, and headlines. He pauses in front of one that has a picture of the Union Heroic in their first photograph. And he looks up at it and he reaches out and touches the spot right to the side of Paragon. He says, I stood right there. That's where I was when this photograph was taken. I remember reading you and Paragon were friends. I mean, at least that's what, you know, the impression that I got from from the comics. We were. I know you wrote them. I just wasn't sure, you know, how much dramatic license you were using. They were all 100% true. We were friends for a, for a time. We started to disagree over things, small things. He thought it wasn't our place to get involved in politics, support candidates. Yeah, I saw the saw the bumper sticker on the back of the car. That's uh, it's got to be rough. I suppose Fair Day fooled us all in the end. Maybe he was right. Everybody remembers Paragon. Everybody loves Paragon. He sort of gestures around at the museum and says, nobody even remembers Dr. Victory. You... You were a hero, though. You you always were. Even, you know, you're the reason that this is still here. Sometimes I wonder, Alex, what's the point in saving the world if it just leaves you behind? But, um, of course... Of course, it's 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 not that simple. Where people like like you and and me were called to a higher a higher purpose to sacrifice ourselves if necessary. And I I'm happy my legacy lives on. Well, I guess I uh, I just want to make it a good one. And I think I believe that I can if you help me. Well, that's. That's what I have been doing. I've been helping you, Alex. I've, you have the manual. I've been giving you personal coaching, which is more than I ever had. I don't want to seem ungrateful, Dr. M, but I feel like a lot of the, that coaching is just kind of just critique. You ever hear of, you know, I, I, you, I know, I know you know how to criticize. Have you ever heard of constructive criticism? Of course, I've heard of it. It's just nonsense. I, oh, you know. Maybe, you know what, forget it. Thanks for the tour. Have fun with your buddy. I'll, uh, I don't know. I'll see you the next time you need something. And uh, Alex is gonna angrily storm off. You leave him standing there. He makes a noise 
you're not sure if he's like calling out or, or anything like that, or if he was going to try to stop you from leaving, but it turns into a cough. Uh, he kind of just starts coughing, pulls out a handkerchief and, and sort of coughs into his hand a couple of times. And, and by then you're pretty far out of, out of your shot. As you're going to leave the museum, there's a woman who is sort of looking at some of the exhibits. She has a tablet of some kind in her hands. She has a name tag on and is dressed very professionally, probably in her late 30s. Hair is kind of pulled back in a bun. She has brown hair, sort of mousy, and she is wearing half-moon spectacles. You kind of pass her by, and she kind of does a double take as you go, and she says, excuse me, I'm sorry, I, I've seen you before. Oh, um, uh, and he kind of p- puts the hood back up. Uh, yeah, maybe. I guess don't, uh, don't, don't tell anybody, but I'm, uh, and he kind of does his best to, to puff his chest out a bit and says, I'm, uh, I'm victory. She laughs a little bit at that. She kind of can't help herself. It, it explodes out of her and she says, oh, um, I thought I'd seen you on the news. I didn't know, um, your, uh, name. You're new, right? Yeah, pretty new, I guess. You know, I've been going out the last few months. Um, I'm, 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 I'm Alex. What's uh, your name? Aaron. Aaron Dale. I'm, well, the curator here these days. Of the museum here? Yes. Oh, I, it, it, honestly, it's great. Sorry, um, I, I mean, it's for making some noise earlier. Apologize for that. You know, I guess, or is that, or is that, or is that more of a library thing? It's both, but. It's, it's, it's a really nice. It's a really nice uh, shrine you got here. It's not unusual for old men to come to museums and yell about the way things were. Paragon Museum is no exception. Are you um, part of a team? Do you work alone? I don't meet a lot of new heroes these days. Right now, I'm kind of a solo act. Uh, you know, I'm not um, opposed to, to joining up with uh, a team a league, something like that. But, uh, I, uh, I guess right now I just have been kind of doing my own thing. I don't really know how to go about doing something like that. I'm not personally familiar with the process, uh, myself, but I could put you in touch with someone who might be able to help if that is something you're looking for. He, uh, kind of looks back down the hallway towards the room where he left Dr. M and looks back. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I'd like that. Well, I know, uh, one of the, uh, administrators at the brand Academy. If you go and ask for him, I'm telling him I sent you, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to talk to you at the very least. The Brandt uh, Academy, you said? I'm surprised you haven't heard of it. It's one of the only, well, around here, it's one of the only institutions for people with abilities. Oh, I, yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess I've heard of it. I just didn't really give a lot of thought to applying. I imagine, I mean, you look like you're not in school anymore, but I know that they do some work with mentoring and connecting people with other people that are dealing with a lot of the same stuff and counseling and things like that. They're good people. I can speak for that. You know what? I'll, uh, take you up on that. He used to live here, actually. Paragon? No, the guy I know at at the academy, Leo Sobrero. He uh, was a, well, failsafe. She gestures to the wall that she was just standing in front of and working on with her tablet. And it is a display on uh, Generation H, the world's first T-1000 
team of teenaged superheroes. She points to one of the figures that's included on there. It's actually hard to make out any features because he's kind of wearing tactical armor, almost like a riot suit, but it's all sort of one piece. It looks vaguely technological. There's like a visor that blocks his uh, facial features or anything like that from being seen. They all lived here. Their headquarters was actually upstairs. Oh, wow. Just look at the, looking at the photograph. Man, those outfits. Serious 2000s energy. Yeah. Artemis Eldritch over there was uh, really something to look at. She points to one of them who is a mix of a tuxedo mask, but with like a Phantom of the Opera mask. He, he got better, but that, yeah, that, that first one was uh, really something. You got to get a cowl. How do you not have a cowl? Do you have a cowl? Oh, yeah. No, I've got, yeah. Oh, I've got a cowl. I've got a cowl. I got goggles. I got knee pads. Like it's, it's a, it's a whole thing. I mean, I, I remembered you well enough at the end, so it, you must be doing something right. Uh, yeah. So if I'll just get on um, the, the number of that, that guy, um, fail safe. Probably don't lead with that. Just ask for Leo. Leo, Leo. Okay. I can remember that Leo. So what do you use with the, so their clubhouse, what do you use it for now? Like storage? Oh, it's just storage. We don't use it for anything these days. It's kind of a different situation now. Back then, it was all PR. That was what I did. I was a publicist. Back then, it was all proving that it was okay to let them do this. I mean, they were the first, and it was there was a lot of hesitation, as you might imagine. Yeah, I'm uh, learning a bit about hesitation. It was always interesting, though, because they didn't have the same motivations for doing this. Luminary, I mean, you know Luminary. <laughs> Everybody knows Luminary. But at the time, she was an actress. She left that behind to do this, but it was kind of her way of just setting out on her own, I guess, establishing herself as her own person uh, away from her dad, Johnny Cosmic. Firepower was trying to learn who they were outside of the context of the Nesh who had brainwashed their people. And Jaguar was on the run, just trying desperately not to get caught. But by being around each other, they made each other better. I mean, they argued constantly, questioned each other, but that's what you're supposed to do when you're that age, when you're your age. Something I'll try to keep in mind. You know, you got some stuff here from some of the other Union Heroic members from back in the day. Got anything from Dr. Victory? The comic book? Yeah. Oh, um, I don't think so. We kind of only have stuff uh, for, well, real superheroes, not comic book characters. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, just thought I'd ask. Big fan, in case you can't tell. Of course. Uh, that's uh, so interesting. Listen, every so often something comes through from some private collector or from a estate sale or something like that. And these collectors buy everything. I could keep an eye out if, if anything comes through. Yeah, just like some old like memorabilia or like a what I would guess is probably like a replica or something. That's very specific. But if I see anything like that, I will let you know. I appreciate that. And I'd really make that that call. Oh, no, I, I, no, I absolutely was. I was actually intending to do it before you started going on that whole thing about Generation Age. I mean, not that they don't sound super cool, but I kind of set my mind to doing that thing, and I would like to do that 
before I forget to do it. Well, I won't keep you then. You've got places to be. But I'm sorry, I, I couldn't help but over here. And it's none of my business, but it's okay to not be perfect. You're young. You've got plenty of time. Thanks. I would know. I used to babysit Luminary. That seems interesting. Come back another time. I'll tell you all about it. Sure, I will. Thanks for the talk and the, the number. I kind of needed both. And uh, Alex will put up his hood and will start leaving slightly less slouched than he had been previously. Kaz, did you have anything you wanted to do on the heels of your unpleasant and concerning conversation? I think so. I, I've been considering this, so... I thought maybe you would. Yeah, I think that after that whole thing with Reese still being gone, I actually think Kaz is going to try to do some osteomancy and pull out the bones and see if he can get a read on the question, what should I do next? Yeah, absolutely. So to me, that's a pretty straightforward move. I'm assuming you would be assessing the situation. So roll with superior. That's not great. Yeah, that's a four. Okay, that's fun. So you fail, but you get to mark a potential. Uh, so yep. that's exciting. One step closer to an advance. We do fail forward here in, uh, in masks. So you got that to look forward to. Yay. What I'm going to say, actually, technically angry and afraid don't affect the assess a situation move, but you can't get your head straight. You are just too shaken and frustrated with that conversation with Stricker to really like get the magic working for you. And I think he also is asking multiple questions, even though I framed it as what should I do next? He's like, where is Reese? Is something up with my father? What do I do next? So I think that also probably confused it. Are you just doing this in the kettle's back room, essentially? Yeah. Yeah, I think after a while, Jonathan is like, you really think you're in the right headspace for this? Well, what else am I supposed to do? I don't know. I mean, you could ask people who know him. Assuming you're trying to find Reese, I don't know. Your dad, you could just talk to him. You could just go there. Nothing's stopping you. Just go there and be like, hey, by the way, did you try to take out my friend for letting me stay here? I mean, that's not a great idea either. Okay, fair. And I feel like I have asked everyone who knows Reese. Everyone else is just like, shrug. Nobody's given me anything to go on. You're not wrong. Well, what about those other people that you mentioned? I blipped, but maybe they know where he went. Maybe they saw something. They were there. Oh, you mean like the guy who fell out into the alley and, and then the really big one and then there was the girl with the glass? Yes, those. Yes. I mean, how would I... I guess I could just go out looking for them, but... I guess. I don't know. But yeah, I guess I could just wander around, see if we happen to bump into each other. Well, okay. I mean, when you put it like that, that sounds not great. Didn't one of them take... You said uh, Nightfall took the one from the alley, right? The one with the paint? Oh, yeah. Danny. I think. I think. The one with the car seat. The one with the car seat. Yeah. I think he said his last name was car seat. Where did she take him? Would Kaz know the answer? Probably would have mentioned. Yeah, yeah I, th I think she would have mentioned as she was doing it. She was like, I know somebody at the Brandt Academy who might be able to help you. I think she said she was taking him to the Brandt Academy. That's better than nothing. It's better than walking around in a circle and hoping you like run into somebody. 
I mean, it kind of seems like the only lead I've got at this point. Yeah. I guess that makes the most sense out of everything else. It's not like it's not like my bones are doing anything good right now, so Phrasing. I feel like nobody ever commented on how weird that was, but in the past couple of days, like multiple people have. I have always commented on it. Yeah, but you don't count. Wow. Okay. Dead people don't count now. That's fine. You know I didn't mean it like that, Jonathan. No, that's fine. That's fine. You said what you said. I did. Okay, well, good luck at your super school. Dude, come on. What? No, it's fine. It's fine. Don't be like that. I'm not going. I mean, I'm going because I don't have a choice, but like, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm busy. And he like disappears. In which case I feel like Kaz kind of like waits a moment and it's just like, Jonathan, Jonathan, look, I'm sorry, man. And then just starts to pack up his stuff and gets ready to head out. You pack up the few possessions that you have at the kettle and leave it behind. Start making for what you find as the address of the Brandt Academy when you uh, look it up on your phone. So we've kind of established that the like big tech corporation in this setting is called Seraph. After the former superhero who has long since retired, kind of like left the, left his company behind and like the board of trustees took over, they rebranded everything to Seraph, and now they're kind of like the Google of this world essentially. So they make this phone line that are called Halos. They provide internet service through satellites, which is called the Babel Network. Oh, and then they they run a social media app, which is kind of like a combination of Twitter and Instagram and TikTok all in one, which is called Choir. Does Casimir have like a top of the line Halo? Probably, yeah. I would imagine so. Like a parting gift from your dad or something. Yep, that sounds about right. But do you call him on it? No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> he's he's more of a texter anyway. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> You head out and you find the address and, and you're you're headed that way. Is Victory heading straight there? Or like is that on your to-do list for like tomorrow or something? I think yeah, just like for lack of anything else to do. And also he wasn't totally lying with I wanna do it before I forget to do it. So before he is betrayed by his relative lack of object permanence, he is going to just go straight there. It is actually not far from the museum. So you are both headed to the Brand Academy at roughly the same time. And I'm going to say that out of a startling coincidence, you kind of reach the front of the school. It is not gated in the traditional sense. As previously mentioned, it is kind of a U-shaped campus where like these buildings all kind of flank in this sort of quad courtyard type thing where the statue is. And right outside of the entrance where like the buildings would let you onto the quad, you kind of spot each other. Kaz, I think you're sort of like, is that maybe i mean he's the right size but victory you are very sure that this is the other person because they're not wearing a costume i you wait hang on i know you you're the bone guy you're you're the colorful bone gentleman sure we can go with that uh you're the the big guy uh yeah yeah no uh yeah the, the victory yeah you know because this might exist in an audio medium at some point in the near future, I feel like it is only fair to point out that every time Brendan <laughs> says the name Victory, he does a pose, uh, like the anime V pose. So picture that. You have a pose? Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like the Victory and it's kind of like it's, you know, it's like it does like on my chest, you know. 
but yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm 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 victory. I guess yeah, I guess I'm I guess I'm big. I kind of forget that sometimes, but yeah, no, I guess I am. I guess I am pretty big. What are you doing here? I was about to ask you the same question. Yeah, and I I have I have several questions for you actually, but I'm actually on my way to do a thing and I need to do that. Well, I actually have questions for you too, so maybe we can talk and walk. Okay, sure. All right, I am going. Uh, and he looks around and realizes he know he doesn't actually know where to find this person. <laughs> I, I I don't suppose you would know where to find some guy named Leo, would you? No, no idea. I was about to ask if you went here or something. No. Um. Well, okay. Where are you going? I'll follow you. And I'll probably find somebody who can answer my question. Well, I was going to look for the guy with the car seat. I think he came here. Oh, right. Yes. What was his name again? Mr. Car Seat. Mr. Car Seat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds right. Uh, Sure. Uh, do you think he's here? Nightfall said that she was bringing him here. So I thought it was the best place to start. I mean, I guess we could just go up to the first building we find and I'm curious, do you think, uh, uh, Jamie, do you think Danny has kind of a right place, right time thing? Yes, very much. I, but I did not want to step on your toes. As you mentioned that building, Danny is just suddenly behind you and goes, <laughs> Danny could be in any of these buildings. We truly have no idea. Indeed. We don't. Hi, how did all oh, portals? I, I do portals. Okay. All right, that is actually less unsettling. I think they are still pretty unsettling, but I I think they're fun. <laughs> Just to lay this out a little bit, there are people around you. You don't see anybody like sort of like openly in costume or anything like that, but there are it's not like there's nobody around. There are people just walking around you, stopping and staring at you, definitely reacting to Danny like appearing out of nowhere, giving you like a wider berth. Danny absolutely doesn't realize that that is what's happening. Has no idea that that is strange. Yes, you do speak English. That was established. I, yeah, we spoke last time. Yes, we did. We did. Right. I, I have a question. Actually, I have a question for both of you. But I guess it seems like you both maybe have questions for me too. I have one big in question. Okay. Are we friends? I mean, we just met each other. Okay. Can we be friends down the line, potentially? I'm not going to tell you what to do. But this is an opening if you wanted to take it to clear your angry condition. Yeah, I think that question really catches Kaz off guard. And generally, and he almost leans towards this, he would be the person who's like, yeah, why not? Like, let's be friends. And in this instance, he just starts to think about what Stricker said about dad potentially burning to the ground, anyone around me. And his demeanor really shifts and he draws back and is like, no, I don't think we can be. I've never met you before. I don't know why you think that we're already this close, but that's not going to happen. Like, that just can't happen, man. That is okay by me, but Danny is visibly sad. You're not angry anymore, though. Can we be friends to victory? Um, I am open to the possibility. 
you don't happen to know where to find some guy named Leo, do you? I do not know Leo, but I will help you find Leo if that means we are one step closer to being friends. At that point, one of the doors of the buildings, one of the buildings has sliding doors that open and a blonde woman in like jeans and a, and a blazer hustles out. She's got a clipboard dangling in one hand and she's wearing glasses and she's a little bit out of breath and she spots the three of you and she hurries over and she says as she's trying to catch her breath, Danny, you um, disappeared. We were, we were talking. I heard my name. Down here. You, you heard your- Well, I- sensed my name being said but that is upsetting when i say that to people so i say heard okay is it anytime somebody says danny or do they have to say never mind it's not important hello she looks at the two of you <laughs> oh let me introduce you this is potentially my friend and this is it's... a person and to be clear the way the clearing condition works is you you do the thing you like sort of exercise the emotion and then you are free, like at that point it dissipates and you are free to be like, oh, that was, oh shit. Okay. I feel bad. Once it's done, you can, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And so Kaz is like, Danny, we're, we're going to talk about that a little more. Okay. I am open to discussion. She says, okay, you were there, both of you, right? You were in the fight that Danny showed up at. Uh, yes, we were. Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, um... Yeah, you're the... that guy. Danny also strikes the pose. Uh, I am... Oh, I just... Man, I wish I felt better about that at this moment. Listen, I like it. I think it's fun. I think it's a fun thing. I think more heroes should have, like, uh, like signature poses. It's a neat idea. Honestly, I'm kind of, like, I'm, I'm glad it's catching on. I mean, I've been making some choirs about it. I haven't been getting many views. But I guess, yeah, uh, I'm just not feeling real victorious about my performance in that altercation. You were almost got stabbed. Yes. Also, incidentally, my sincere thanks to both of you for helping me to not be impaled. Oh, I agree. Thank- you're welcome. I'm happy to help. And also, I was nice to hang out. Yes, that yeah, too. That, that as well, Danny. I'm not a hero or, or anything like that. I just work here, but I've spent a lot of time around them, and you all did a good job. I mean, you, you won, mostly, I think. I do not think we won, but I think we had a good time, and there was one more of us, and without them, we would not maybe be here. So I think we, all of us deserve the praise. Right. She was there too, but then I... There was somebody... Sorry, there was somebody near there that I recognized right before the fight, and then I lost track of her, and I meant to ask her a question. I totally spaced on it. Why don't we move inside? You all can use my office and talk about whatever you need to talk about. I, I'm sorry. Do you know who and or where Leo is? I do. Yeah, he's my boss. He's kind of everybody's boss. Well, everyone except the headmaster. I can see if Leo is available to take a meeting. That would be excellent. I understand that may be irregular, but I was specifically told to talk to him by someone whom I think knows him. I know that's going to sound a lot like nepotism, but that's not really the angle that I want to go with. But I do want to follow through on this. I can mention it. I imagine he'll want to talk to you either way. But who did you speak to? I spoke to Aaron Dale. Oh, okay. You know Aaron. Sure. Like I said, I think he'd probably want to talk to you. I, I can see. Let, let's, uh, most important thing, 
I'm kind of, I, wow. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm Clara. I'm counselor here. I'm working with Danny currently. We're friends. We are friends. Yep. And uh, Danny's been very interested in talking to both of you. Well, I guess all three of you. So why don't we just move this into my office? You can use that and then I'll go take care of some stuff and see if Leo is free. That works for me. Great. I will meet you all there. No, Danny. Danny is gone. (laughs) That is a lot of magenta. Like, right? Like, I'm not going crazy. That is a lot of magenta. It's pretty cool. It's pretty magenta is what it is. It's pretty noticeable also. Let's get you all inside. She takes you up in the elevator via more traditional means. She lets you into her office where I imagine a a bored Danny is waiting for you. Lying on the couch. She says, okay, just hang here. Do you need anything? Are you thirsty or anything like that? I can grab some drinks while I'm out. Everybody good? Okay. I am not supposed to drink between the hours of um, an hour ago and um, three hours from now. That's really specific. You can't drink like sugar or caffeine or... I'm just not supposed to consume liquid. Ever? No, no, just from an hour ago to three hours from now. What happened an hour ago that you can't drink right now? Well, I mean, I did have an argument that I have mixed feelings about, but that's actually not the reason why I'm not supposed to consume liquid. That reason is because, according to the person that I had an argument with, I might die. You might die if you have water? That's very scary. That's really weird. That It's really concerning. It is intensely frightening and very specific. But under the circumstances, I'm actually still not really willing to risk it. My new potential friend, I do not understand the circumstances, but this seems awful. I don't know. That's I've never heard of that. Like if you were like, I can't drink soda. okay, but but water. You guys talk about this. I'll be back. And she leaves before you like get into the explanation. So it's all here. And he, and he actually pulls out the manual and it's like, OK, so if I flip to this. OK, so what is that? It's Dr. Victory's guide. Yes, you. You know this. You know what this is. Yes. Correct. Why is that so surprising? I, it's just, um, not many people know what this is. Not, yeah, it's just pretty uncommon that you know what this is. Yes, it's a book. Have you seen a book before? Is this your first one? No, but this and he flips to the page and shows it's like sort of like a daily thing for this week of the year. Yeah. So between these hours, I should not drink liquid. Wait, what amount does it say you're supposed to take of cumin? I just I would prefer not to remember that. I don't like this. That's a bad book. That's fucked up. Well, I mean, it is why I'm like this now. You are very big. Impressively so, honestly. Right? I like to think so. It's why you're a good potential friend. Big friends are helpful. Small friends are helpful, too, (laughs) in different ways. I shouldn't judge people based on their side. I apologize. No, it's cool, Danny. I will say, I can reach higher shelves now, and that is actually pretty awesome. I can also reach high shelves, but I use magic. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, You know, um, valid. Is Is this book magic? I have been told very explicitly that it is not. It is, in fact, science. I mean, my magic may also be science. I don't really understand it. But what is magic, if not science, that we do not currently understand? Yeah, I tried quoting Arthur C. Clarke one time. I don't know who that is. Is he your friend? 
Uh, I mean, I like to think so. <laughs> you have so many friends. That's nice. But yeah, no, I tried. I tried saying something similar one time and Dr. M didn't speak to me for two days. He sounds like a dick. Is Dr. M another friend? That is a very good question. Many people have been saying that to me and then not following up. And I think that means that they are bad questions. <laughs> well, I actually have a question I wanted to throw out to both of you. Speaking of friends, with all of the chaos and everything that happened in the alley and then the street, did either one of you see what happened to the guy I was with? Were you with the devil? No. Unfortunately, no. I saw the direction that you came from, but I didn't see what happened to the people over there. But I did kind of want to jump on to Danny and Carsey. Your last name is Carsey? My name is Carsey. It is a family name. Me and my Carsey share the same name. Uh, I did want to um, briefly jump on Mr. Carsey's question. Oh, please. No formality. Danny is fine. Um, Mr. Feels weird. I'm still figuring that out. Okay. Uh, I just want to jump on Danny's question. Yes, please. That the demon did seem to act like it knew you. And I believe you when you say that you weren't with it. But I have. I and then Danny's voice just kind of changes. I only have bits and pieces of what I'm here for, what I'm supposed to be doing. Not whole chunks. It's like paragraphs, you know? When you read a book and it looks like someone's highlighted certain sections, I see the highlighted sections really well. But the rest is kind of a blur. I just know... I just know I was supposed to be there and I was supposed to do something to protect all three of you. Plus the other two. And now one's missing. The other one brought me here and that devil disappeared. I don't even know if my mission's done. So I guess is what I'm saying is... It's nice to meet you. My name is Danny. It's nice to meet you too, Danny. Uh, also, that sounds a lot like dyslexia. I think there are treatments for that. I, maybe. I don't know how to respond to that. At that moment, there's a knock at the door, and then Clara comes back in. But this time, she is not alone. She has a man with her. He is a little bit over average height, probably about the same height, maybe an inch uh, taller than Casimir has curly hair that's like just sort of starting to silver in spots, clean shaven, but very sharp features, very quick eyes, still wearing jeans, but wearing a jacket and like a button down over it. He, he has a name tag on that says Professor Leo Sebrero. Hello. Wasn't this the guy you were looking for? Yeah. Um, and I didn't really think about what I was going to say once I actually found him. You should say your name. Uh, hi. Um. Yes. Sorry. Hello, Mister. Um. This Mister. Mister. Failsafe. I mean, Sobrero. Professor. Professor. Professor Sobrero. My name is Alex. That came out weird. My name is Alex Sandowski. Sometimes I also go by Victory. I was told to maybe come talk to you by Aaron. Oh. Okay. How is Erin? I haven't seen her in... God, I don't know. Um, she seems nice. Okay, so I wanted to talk to all of you, too. So that's fine. This works out. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? 
Here, I will um, just follow follow this through to its conclusion. I guess I would like to go to school. Here, I'm assuming you mean here, and that's what you didn't say. Yes. Here seems good, like the campus. Full disclosure, not very good at school, but would like to try school. Okay. I would also like to try school. Good. Danny, right? It's Danny, Claire was telling me? Yes. I'm Danny, and this is Alex, and this is a third person who has not introduced themselves to me yet, but they do eventually want to be my friend, I think. Yeah, that's true. It's true! Okay, good. That's good. That's, I guess, kind of what I... Sounds like we're on the same page. I'll cut right to the chase, then. You obviously know what we do here, and you're all a little old. Claire leans over and like says something to him, and he says, probably, probably, and he gestures to Danny. So our school program is usually aimed at people younger than you. It's high school-aged individuals who find themselves with powers or involved in this world. We do have options. We do a program. You could call it kind of a work-study situation for people who are older. So you've completed your formal education, and this would be more like more like learning on the job or, or an apprenticeship, maybe. There are opportunities for mentorship. You would be grouped into a training squad who you would work with and practice with to hone your abilities and better control your abilities and eventually, well, help people. We think this might be a helpful environment for you, Danny. I would agree. I need many books, if that's okay. Um, and we... We have those, so there's that. But you also worked well together, all of you. You all worked surprisingly well together for people who didn't know each other at all. So if you were interested, it might be helpful for Danny to be around people that he trusts and considers friends. I would like to get to that stage, yes, if that's okay. But we need my fourth friend, potential friend. I'm sorry, I shouldn't make assumptions. Right. We're working on that. She's been active for a while, longer than you have, Alex. So we're pretty confident we'll be able to find her, unless you know her. No, I don't think so. Why? What do you mean? Why? I'm just curious why you thought I knew her. Oh, no, no, no. All of you. That was a, a blanket statement. That was oh, open to I any. see. Yeah, no, never saw her before. I think I knew her, but like, I don't. Yet, if that makes any sense, I will know her. I apologize. I think. I hope. Danny smiles just as big as Danny can smile at the thought of having more friends. <laughs> this is more informal than we normally do things. Normally, there's more of a process that goes into it. Technically, and we would still do this, but there's a panel evaluation for this particular program. As long as you're okay with that. What does that mean? You'd be evaluated by a panel. It would be myself, the headmaster, my wife, Clara. Clara is your wife? Are you two married? Oh, I misunderstood. I will say, in this case, I was actually kind of with Danny on that one. I was also confused by the comma placement in that sentence. Sure, no. Clara and I are not married, just to be clear. That is a shame, because Clara is delightful. Not to say that your wife is not also delightful. I just very much enjoy Clara's company. We are friends. 
Claire is great. Uh, we're also friends. That's who would be doing the evaluation. Four of us. Oh, excellent. You didn't exactly apply or ask. Not all of you, anyway. Uh, he like kind of nods to, to Kaz. I mean, I didn't exactly come here with that being my intention. I don't know. I guess I still need some time to process and think about it. But I mean, if it would be helpful for Danny to have me and Alex around more, I, I'm, I'm open to it. It would be helpful to Danny if you and Alex were around more. Thank you for confirming that, Danny. I felt it helps. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. That does seem to meet the requirements for a scientific consensus. Well, part of the evaluation process is to isolate what you're interested in learning, what you're interested in doing, whether or not you want to get into active heroics or just get a better hold on what it is you can do. There are lots of possibilities and lots of options. I have to save the world. He like trades another look with Clara and Clara's like right now or no, I meant we, but like me also, like I am here for that. And I think I might maybe have helped some, but like we all need to save the world. Agreed. That's a good thing to do. That's a good purpose to have. Yes. But I think I am Danny like stares at his hands trying to find the words and they are not coming. So instead Danny just goes, I must be a hero. Uh, good. Yeah, that's that's we can we can help you do that. That's kind of our whole thing. Sorry, this is not how this normally goes. I know I keep saying that, but it this feels very strange and unprofessional. And we really just want to help Danny. And our program is as available to the rest of you as it is to, to anyone else. Anyone who finds themselves in this world. It's strange and confusing and much, much bigger than it used to be. I don't think that lasts. Clara, like, writes down the word ominous and just, like, underlines it five times. (laughs) (laughs) Professor, did I hear you right when you said that one thing we could look at is learning a bit more about our abilities, where they come from, and that kind of shit? Because that would be a bonus, in addition to being there for Danny. These days, it's so complicated because when i was when <laughs> jesus christ when i was your age things were a lot more straightforward you were an alien or you had a magic book or you were a science experiment nowadays it could be any of those things and it could also be none of those things the world is just a much bigger place than it was 15 years ago and that's a big part of what we do here If you don't know where your powers come from, you can't really know how to control them. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. I don't know where mine come from, and I think I'm very good at controlling them, but I could be better. Some people are gifted. I would also like to understand. I think I think I know a couple people who might be more interested in figuring out where my powers come from. Um, Incidentally, I guess. For like any other ideas, is it possible to be a quadruple major in any fishes out the manual? Theoretical physics, chemical engineering, applied phenomenology, and the philosophy of mind. Um, that's a lot. So we are not accredited for higher education. However, we do have Dr. Alvarez on our staff. She's a physicist. You could certainly work with her. 
as far as the mind. Clara also is an expert in her field. Yeah, honestly, I feel like general studies track also works just as well for me. Once again, I cannot overstress that we are not an accredited higher education institute. You won't get a degree, but... Is there like a certificate? Sure. Okay, cool. All right. I mean, a certificate victory sounds fine, right? Yeah. Is that scan? Well, we'll, there will be coaching involved. It sounds like you're on board, more or less, all of you. So I'd like to invite you to our commencement. Even though the the panel evaluation hasn't happened yet, we're going to be starting up a new school year, and you're welcome to join us for that. Maybe get a feel for it, see if it's something you might be interested in. Sure. Sure. I have a question. The commencement, it's a speech, correct? Uh, There will be, yes. Okay. I will attend. Good. Glad you do. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. He like leans over and says to Clara, "You like speeches. Write that down." <laughs> and she writes that down. <laughs> and he says, "Great. Okay. Well, I have a lot of work to do, so I'm going to leave you in Clara's capable hands. The commencement is uh tomorrow. If you'd like to join us, we would be happy to have you, and we can get your evaluations set up after that." Yeah. Why not? All right. And he nods to Claire and leaves the room. And Claire says, Danny, I think you and I have probably exhausted a lot of what we're going to be able to cover today. So why don't we get you set up in a room? You can sleep. You both have places to go, I assume. Oh, I don't, uh, God, I don't mean that like you have to leave. I mean, like, if you don't have anywhere to go, you can stay here. Um, I'm kind of between places right now, so I guess I could stay here. You know, I've been thinking maybe about trying out that uh, campus life. Also, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure my mom will kill me if I um, break any more of her shit. Okay, you'll all be staying. That's fine. That's probably good for Danny. Danny smiles and looks over at Alex. We need four beds. Is it for the car seat or? Yes, the car seat needs a place to rest. I'll also accept like a tall shelf, something <laughs> comfortable, a pillow. Maybe that would be a better use of space. We'll get that for the car seat. And then the car seat is just suddenly in Danny's hands. Oh, great. Okay, good. You've got it. I'll show you to where you're, you're staying. Lyra, it has been a very ordinary night in the crawl uh, household, although there was an impromptu blowout that happened because you've gotten into powers. You, you did have a lot of family come over. There was the lamb roast in the backyard, a lot of singing and dancing. It went on for a very long time. It's still in full swing. There's still a lot of noise and a lot of people around, a lot of cars parked outside of your family's house and your carrying the trash out to the curb when a car pulls up. Not a very remarkable car, but you're kind of on the lookout for cars you recognize and you don't recognize this one. The driver's side door opens and a man steps out. Tall man with curly hair that's just starting to go gray. He's wearing jeans and like a blazer over a button down and a tie. And he gets out, looks down at his phone and looks up at your house, checking the number. Can I help you? Probably, yeah. Do you do you live here? Depends. Why? Okay. Well, um, is this you? And he like turns his phone around, and it's a blurry picture of you in costume. I kind of like throw the bag of trash into the can and slam the lid down, and I'm like, "You need to fucking leave right now." 
Okay. Uh, sorry. I'm not really used to people doing the secret identity thing anymore. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to show up like this. I, we didn't have any other way to contact you. I look back to the house where my family is, and I look back at him, and I was like, you need to shut the fuck up. Any of them hear you. I get it. Maybe, okay, not a lot of options here. You can talk really fast, and then get in your fucking car and leave. Let's go. What do you want? I'm one of the administrators of the Brant Academy. It's a school. You may have heard of it. You probably have heard of it for people with powers. People who find themselves in these situations but lack guidance or knowledge or really any context for any of this because who the fuck could? Uh, ooh, God, sorry. Shouldn't have. It's fine. You've been doing this for a while and the three people that you ended up helping the other day, they're at the academy right now. I think they're going to become a part of what it is that we're doing there. They were asking about you. Asking about me. Yeah. Have you ever thought about not doing this 100% by yourself? You know, that's a nice sounding idea and all, but... And she looks again at the house full of people, and she's like, Listen, I just got drafted into a college, and my family can't know that I do any of this, that I can do any of this, because, you know, they love me. They might not love me for all that I am, but they love me for now. She kind of, like, sits on it for, like, a second, and then she's like, are you even allowed to be enrolled in two colleges at once? I don't think that's ethical. It's not, oh, God, okay, it is not a college. It's like a work-study thing. Look, it's new, okay, but it wouldn't be a second school situation, okay? You're done with school if you want to be done with school. It sounds like you don't. You can do whatever it is that you need to do. What we focus on is training and identifying where it is your powers come from, how you can use them safely and responsibly and effectively. And you might be able to mentor some of the younger kids who are still figuring things out and aren't quite as far along as well as you are. You said they were asking about me? Mostly Danny, but yes. Look, I did this for a long time and sometimes I tried to do it by myself. The worst mistakes I ever made were those times. Well, that's not ominous and threatening or anything, but okay. Um, what's your What's your name? Lyra. Lyra Cole. Lyra, you shoot glass. That's like a really simplified way to look at it, but yes, I can do that. Have you ever had a bad day, Lyra? Just a really fucking bad day. One or two, yes. Because that's, that's human. People lash out and struggle and get frustrated, but not everybody shoots glass. I'm very careful, thank you very much. I don't want to sound ominous, but we all have to be careful. My point is that you don't have to do it alone. It's easier when there are other people can watch your back and stop you before you do something stupid. Because eventually, you're gonna do something stupid. It's too easy not to. Your faith is astounding and appreciated. Who are you? <laughs> my name is Leo. And if it helps my credentials at all, I was raised in a jail and treated like a weapon. 
I didn't pick the name Failsafe. It's just what they already called me. Do you have a time for like a meeting or something? Commencement is tomorrow. If you'd like to join us, I think the others are planning to. After that, there'll be an evaluation by a panel of our staff. And at that point, you would be a squad. You'd be training together, living together if you want. That's not mandatory. I realize that might not be an option with your situation. No, not with my family the way it is in this whole Powers University thing. However, that's going to work out. I can't tell you that it's not going to be a lot of work. It's going to take time. But you'll be learning and helping people and... I feel like I'm not exactly nailing this. Not how this normally happens. So you're doing real good. You're doing your best. You just I I would really, if I can give you like just a few pointers, just real quick. Um, one, showing up at somebody's house at night is never a good start. Yeah, that's a fair one. Just before we get to to anything else, and um, I don't know. Maybe you just picked an off day. There's a lot going on right now. I did hear about the Brandt Academy when this whole thing started happening with me. It was not an option for me then. But if you're saying that you have a additional program, you know, knowing what you're doing never hurt anybody. And I guess I could come to commencement. People are asking, so. You know where to find it. And you're welcome to just come by. Okay, great. Um, I really need you to leave right now before anyone. Yeah, of I'm these gonna do. I'm gonna leave right house. now. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go right now. I'm already leaving. Thank you so much. Just fucking leave. Gets in his car and he drives off. Jesus Christ. The next day dawns bright and sunny. It is a beautiful late summer day in Province. Commencement is that morning, and then you're uh, meeting with your new academic advisor, Lyra. If you do want to make that, it would be in the afternoon. So you got a busy day ahead of you. Sure do. You um, can catch the bus downtown using Province's uh, previously established excellent public transportation system. It's nice to play fantasy games where we can say things like that exist. You can roll up to the Brand Academy in time for the ceremony. You're in full costume, I assume. Yeah, totally not in full costume. Definitely in probably what she would wear to the meeting. But before she gets to the Brand Academy, she does put on the mask. She is walking on campus, casual from the neck down. Well, business casual from the neck down, then up from the top. <laughs> business up top, party on the bottom, as they say. As, they, as you do. You step onto the campus, um, and it is uh, buzzing with activity. Out on the quad, uh, that grassy area, they've set up rows of chairs, and there's just sort of a podium set up on one side, a stage with like a speaker system. A lot of the chairs are already full of people of various ages, a lot of younger people, most of them high school aged, couple here or there that look younger. You're not sure if they're someone's siblings or if they're like students themselves. There are also a lot of adults, but there are clearly a lot of parents. And then there are a few people who are standing around with ID badges that clearly mark them as faculty. As you arrive and everybody starts taking their seats as the time is getting close, the music cuts off and everybody starts to file to their seats. You kind of spot the three individuals that you recognize here across the chair rows. You see Kaz and, and Alex and Danny standing there. What do you do? I just take a deep breath, take another one for good measure, 
And then I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go over as if they were expecting me. And I will just sit down at the first empty spot in that little cluster. I will just sit. Try not to interrupt whatever discussion they are having. I just try to meld in. I can only assume that if Alec is keeping up with the program as he's supposed to, the conversation is about the atrocities they witnessed this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. I am disgusted by what you put into your body. Why? I guess something about the keeping the pulp in there along with the egg yolks. It just, I, it's, I'm not going to say it's pleasant, but like it works. It works. I, but at what cost? Y- yes. Okay. I agreed. It is foul that I have to drink this entire thermos of fruit pulp and raw eggs every morning for the next two weeks. But you know what? If a Mack truck hits me, that truck is going to know it's been in a fight. So Yes, because of the fumes from your breakfast, overpowering <laughs> the truck driver and making them unable to continue. I would like to talk about literally anything. Um, You, hey, I'm loving the new costume. Are you a business-themed hero now? No. Um, I have a meeting after this. So. Oh. I, okay. We also have a meeting after this. What meeting do you have after this? I think we have an evaluation. Yep, that was the word they used. I think we might have the same meeting. No, my meeting my meeting is on another is somewhere else. I do not recall a meeting being mentioned uh yesterday. I did not know I was supposed to dress up. Well, the evaluation was mentioned. It's not technically happening right after commencement, but you were told that it will happen. Yes, but that's the thing. I was not told it was today. Now you know. Theirs is. Yours doesn't have to be. Were we supposed to wear a suit? I had one. It does not fit me anymore. If it's the same suit I remember, I don't think it ever fit me. What? Huh? I do not own a suit. Yeah, I don't either. Does your suit fit me? <laughs> it doesn't matter. My meeting is not the same meeting. It's off campus. Would you like us to come with you to your other meeting as moral support? Most definitely not. I appreciate that offer. No, you are not following me. Very well. You see Leo stepping up to the microphone at this point. He taps it a couple times. The conversations die down. People look up and he says, uh, I just wanted to welcome all of you to uh, commencement for our new school year here at the Brand Academy. Thank you all so much for coming out and for the trust that you put in us every year to do right by you and parents to do right by your kids. When I was starting out in the hero business, I guess, I didn't have anybody I didn't have parents or family or really any kind of support system at all. And that's changed a lot over the years, but there was one person who was always there for me. My mentor, Christine Adams. Even though we might not have been each other's first choices when the union asked who I would like for my mentor, it worked. And she never gave up on me. And that is the philosophy that fuels the brand academy so when we started this there was only one person who i had in mind for headmaster and i'm going to turn it over to her for a few minutes christine please come up 
There's applause. A woman steps up onto the stage. She is in her 60s, uh, maybe approaching 70s. It's hard to say. She is definitely getting older, but she still stands very tall, very proud. She's not a, a tall person, but she holds her head up in such a way that she gives that impression. And she is wearing a black pantsuit over a black shirt. She has some chunky jewelry on and her head is uh, completely shaved. She steps up to the podium and the microphone and she looks out over everybody. She says, I want to echo everything Professor Sobrero just said. This life changes you. You see things that you never thought you would see, never wanted to see. And you'd find yourself sometimes doing things that you never thought you would do. At the end of the day, all anyone can do, powered or not powered, is hold themselves to a higher standard. For so many of us, Paragon was that standard. When we started the Union, the Union Heroic, he was the blueprint. It never would have worked without him. At the time when I was just a beat cop who suddenly found themselves with more powers than I ever thought I would, I told myself a lot of the same things we all do. Because I was so inspired by Paragon, I thought I'll, I would change things, I would make them better from the inside, show them a better way of doing things, use my power to really make a difference in a way that we so often failed to. And then after Benjamin Scott retired and I was asked to lead the union, I had to admit the truth. I wasn't changing the institution of the police. The police were changing me. And that was when I walked away. It was hard. It was. It meant so much to me, to my father. But as long as long as I was following orders, I could justify just about anything. And that's what we try to do here at the Brand Academy. We try to teach responsibility, personal responsibility. Because everything you do with your gifts, whatever it is, is nobody's fault but your own. Your powers are not your fault, but they are your responsibility. And I think Professor Sobrero has a couple of things to say, but welcome to the Academy, and I look forward to teaching all of you. And she steps down. More applause. Leo steps back up, takes the microphone back, and he says, I realize that we talk so much about the consequences, the things that can go wrong, people we might hurt even if we have good intentions. But I'm not exaggerating when I say that my friends saved my life over and over again. And sometimes I mean that literally. We were fighting supervillains and one time that space god, that was weird. And there's like laughter. You get the impression, Lyra, that he's looking at you, even though he's kind of just scanning. Having people around me who understood what I was dealing with, who saw me for who I was and not what I could do, who I could trust, who were my friends, made us all stronger and better. And because we were stronger and better, we saved lives. I don't do that anymore. I don't fight crime or whatever you want to call it. This is what I do now. And I'm a lot better at this than I was at that. So on that note, thank you for your time. Feel free to enjoy the snacks and the, and the drinks. Have a, have a few. Meet some of the faculty. We'll be making our way around. And uh, just thanks again for being here. I really think 
as we go into another year here at the Brandt Academy. We're going to do some real good. And then he uh, descends the podium. People start chattering amongst themselves almost immediately. Everybody starts standing up, mingling with one another. You see like some parents are starting to say goodbye to their kids and hug it out. And, and some kids can't wait for their parents to leave, as you might expect. And it's just kind of the four of you sitting there. Danny is asleep. Danny accidentally slept through the whole speech. <laughs> did you keep him up all night? What did you do to him? I don't know what's going on with him. I guess making portals makes you tired. I mean, he'd like portals everywhere. And Kaz is just going to kind of nudge Danny. Danny will stand up clapping. <laughs> so I'm actually going to ask a pertinent question. Hey, um, Danny. Yes. Since you've been here, have you eaten food? <laughs> I have eaten the San Francisco treat. I was given that. Okay. Is that the only thing you've eaten since you've been here? No one else has offered me food. And also, your breakfast made me not want to eat. Cool. Hey, Danny, why don't you follow me over to the table? Looks like they have a bunch of cookies in the shape of the logo. I think you should eat some of them. Ditto. I will do this for you, my friend. Thank you. And then Danny Danny will grab Alex's arm and nod like this is very important and then walk over to the table because he is self-conscious about teleporting everywhere now. History books will discuss the time that we ate cookies in the shape of a logo. (laughs) (laughs) Is he like an alien? Uh, No, I I don't think that he's an alien. There's something about time and space and I'm still trying to make sense of it all. I am going to go with Parallel Dimension. Danny will suddenly be behind you and say, I think Parallel Dimension is a good theory. I like to think that I am a robot. And then gone again back to the cookie table. No longer self-conscious about teleporting. Well, he seems nice, cheerful. Yeah. Pleasant. He seems well-meaning and magenta. I mean, I don't think that's the worst thing I've I was going to say, you keep getting hung up on the magenta man. There was so much of it. I just, I... Do you have, like, a color sensitivity? Like, are your eyes bad? It's not even just that it was magenta, but just, I think I was the only one that looked directly into that thing that he came out of. It was also, like, directly over your chest when he stopped you from being stabbed. That's true. It was a, like, uh, it's difficult to, like, articulate the concept of a color, but this was excessive magenta, and I, I, I just feel like that is going to haunt me, possibly forever. It's a weird color. Is it red? Is it pink? Danny has walked back over with a whole tray of cookies for my friends. Alex will take one. Did you take them away from a child? <laughs> I took them away from the faculty as they were pulling away their own cookies. Cool. Cool. (laughs) Lyra, your phone goes off with the reminder that you have to go to your appointment. Okay, I I have to leave. I have to take a bus and then a train because I have a meeting. And if I miss the meeting, my family might not let me back in the house. So... Can I help? Do you have any idea where Powers University is? Would you get us horribly lost? I feel confident that if you showed me a map where we are now and where it is, I can get us there. And if you're open to that, do you have two seconds for me to ask you a question before you run off? I'll pull it up on my phone and be like, all right, you think on this for a minute. Just think on that. And then I'll look at 
Kaz, I'm like, what? What do you need? I just wanted to ask. I asked the two of them, and they didn't have any idea. But if you happen to see where the guy I was eating brunch with went after shit started to go down, because uh, he's kind of been a uh, AWOL since then, and I'm just looking for any lead I can find. I'll be honest. I know most of the people who were at that restaurant scattered pretty much as soon as you threw up that wall. Between the wall and Nightfall being thrown bodily through the whole wall and the fire spitting demon, that was a lot of people running. Did you check, like, the local hospital? Maybe he got trampled. That's a huge concern about riot situations. Yeah, no, nothing like that. Probably should. He could have been trampled. I'm. That's not a joke. He definitely was trampled. I would interject that I, not to tell another hero how to handle their business, I might not have led with that. If we're going to be doing this team thing, I do feel like maybe I have a slightly better handle on sort of the uh, presentation side of things. So just, I, I want to understand where I'm coming from when I say you don't have to get a logo, you don't have to get a pose, you don't have to get a, a choir following, but you probably shouldn't lead with your friend probably got trampled. I am just saying as a team, this seems like uh, as good a time as any to start talking about our brand um, and what it what what it should not be. And what it should not be is telling bystanders that their friends probably got trampled. Listen, you know what? I mean, I'm fine with her being real. Like, You I, know what? I like your initiative. Great talk. I have to go. I do absolutely. I want to say, having said all that, thank you so much for helping me to not die. I do not want to come off as ungrateful for you helping me to not be dead. It's literally my job. So, you're welcome. I would be probably not here if I let you die. So, so, we'll circle back on this when I am not about to be late. And I'm going to turn back to Danny. And I'm Danny like, is gone. He has my, he has my phone. He'll be back in a minute. He always is. No, I can't wait a minute. I have to go get the bus. And I'm <laughs> going to start heading off the campus. It's like, if I miss this bus, I'm fucked. <laughs> and I think Danny's off. Lyra's running for the bus. Victory is sitting there next to Kaz. And then from the chair in front of you, Jonathan turns around and is like, so you're just going to be a superhero now? I mean, maybe. You're going to have to tell them eventually. They're going to find out. I know. It's going to suck. I know. I keep thinking about that. I'm not envious of you. How are you going to? How are you going to tell your new superhero friends that your dad is tyrant? Thank you so much for joining us for our inaugural episode of Academy H. This game is truly something that everyone involved in the project has worked so hard on. And to see it finally coming to fruition is incredibly rewarding. If you'd like to keep up with us and what we're up to, you can follow us on Twitter at Live from the Apoc, Instagram and TikTok at Live from the Apocalypse, or join our Discord community, which will be linked in the description down below. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, 
feel free to give us a good rating and follow us on your podcatcher of choice. Leave a review if you're so inclined. It really does help us out so much. The donation link to our Planned Parenthood campaign can also be found in the description if you'd like to help out at this critical time. Join us for the live recordings of Academy H every other Sunday, or any of our four other ongoing live-streamed campaigns that happen throughout the week over at twitch.tv slash livefromtheapocalypse. As always, nothing we do would be possible without your support, and we appreciate you so, so much. Academy H features character art by at OxyBellisDraws on Twitter and music by Jeff Harvey and Dark Fantasy Studios. Thank you so much for your donation. Thank you. Thanks, Mom. Thank you. We'd love to see it. We appreciate your donation. (laughs) Thanks, Will's mom. Thanks, Will's mom. (laughs) Love you too. I'm trying to I'm trying to play a superhero game with my friends, Mom. God. We love it.